a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. When you hear the words feminine power, what comes to mind? And if you're a strong, successful woman who is a high achiever, you might think your power as being in control. But when you tap into your femininity, the power actually lies within your ability to let go, to receive. I mean, this could be even harder if you are someone who has gone through adversity where there's a lot of uncertainty. So being in control really serves you and it serves as a way to quiet some of that anxiety and obtain some semblance of predictability. I see this all the time. But relinquishing, letting go, and not getting attached to the outcome, which I know is super hard, especially when it comes to flirting, is one of the most important skills to have when dating so that you can stay present and enjoy your feminine flow. Feminine power is all about inclusion and connecting. It's almost more ethereal and mysterious, if you could think about it. And in a way, especially the nourishing side acts as the perfect complement to masculine power. It's softer, it's more restful, it's calmer, and it's a place where we grow and thrive. But how you flow with your feminine power creates an energy that can attract abundance in your life, both in business and love. And in fact, If we don't embrace our feminine strengths, we may be missing out on opportunities and even further pushing the world out of alignment. So I remember there was a client that I recently coached, and she was my classic chief archetype. Now, if you're not familiar with my dating archetypes, I encourage you to go back and listen to an earlier episode all about my dating archetypes, and you can even take my archetype quiz to see what you are. But to review, the chief are women who run their love life like a business, and they have a very hard time letting go. And this particular woman ran a large corporation, and she spent her whole life identifying her value in what she did for a living versus who she was. And it was really interesting how that played out, even on first dates. I mean, all her conversations would start with, you know, her work and she would open her own doors. She would pay her own way. Like it came out in like little nuances. And she also walked through the door in a very fast manner. And when I met with her, I saw it. Like I saw her movements. They were kind of harsh. Her hand, you know, like she she had these like harsh movements when she would talk with her hands. And I I had to like let her know what I saw. And she admitted that she didn't want a man to like her for just being a woman or a sex object. Like she worked very hard on having men respect her. And she wanted the man to know that she had brains. Well, she had some trauma growing up, as you can guess, and she was in constant fight mode. And because of that, she had to fight her way to be successful and survive. But what she didn't realize is that that vibrato 
was, and she paired that with her boxing clubs, it acted as her love shield so that it literally scared men away and they felt intimidated around her. So essentially what she feared, she was actually creating and was not open to receiving from any man or partner. So we had done some work and of course we tapped into her feminine side by getting her some flowy dresses and softer body movements and practicing being in her feminine and she had playful energy and it was like clockwork. She literally, I, I had to teach her how to play and just be in that moment. And it felt super exposing and vulnerable when she was first doing it. But then after a while, she started having fun with her new sense of feminine flow And then she started progressing on dates and she learned in the end that it was her femininity that really was her power. And that was a huge lesson for her. So with me today, I have a special guest and she's going to help me talk about this feminine flow stuff. And she focuses using it to create abundance in business, but I see it as all aspects of life. And she is a woman's transformation coach who helps women who have been pushed down and been playing it small due to toxic relationships or unhealed trauma in childhood to create a life that is true to them and their sole purpose. I love that. Her mission is to help women who are on the path to healing from past wounds and move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so that they finally do what they want to do that feels good to them, serve other women in powerful ways online. Petia pairs feminine flow with strategic planning. I can't wait to hear that. To give entrepreneurs immense clarity, plus exact steps to transition from side hustler to CEO. But she's looking sexy doing it because when you see her, you'll you'll understand why. <laughs> she also has her own podcast, Unapologetically Abundant, which you'll have to check out. So welcome, Petia. Oh my goodness, Kim. First of all, I absolutely love the introduction and how you like put in like the little tidbits, but sharing the story with your client, it's so beautiful and so powerful. I was just sharing with my husband. I asked my clients, what was the most valuable part about their call in the end? Because Mm -hmm. I want to see what really resonated, what really makes the difference and also for them to go back and think about it, right? So they can integrate it. And so very often with my coaching clients, what they share with me, it's, oh, it was this story. It was this analogy is when you were sharing with me your personal things, right? So I love that you are starting the podcast with sharing the story, not only celebrating your clients and how amazing work they are doing, but also sharing it so other women can resonate with us like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I do these moves too. Oh my gosh. I pay my stuff too. Wow. That's not good. Really? So like you are like helping in just an introduction so much. Like if we shut it off right now, we're good. (laughs) But there's so much more to this story, my dear, including yours. (laughs) So speaking of stories, I would love to hear yours and like how you got into this. And I know you had been through some stuff, (laughs) so to speak. So I'd love to hear it. Thank you so much. And I feel like we are like teaching the same thing in different ways. And it's so powerful and beautiful because there are people who will resonate only with Kim and some people who will resonate just with Petya. But sometimes we get to hear these things over and over and over. One day it will just click. So 
I I really receive like how you complimented me, like how I created the abundant life and how yeah. I'm sexy doing it because in the past I was so much in my masculine because when growing up I didn't feel safe. You know, like when when people look at me right now, would they see it's not who I was? Would they people you see that when they look at me they see like successful entrepreneur, you know, having online coaching, six-figure business, working only with my soulmate clients. I just married the love of my life and we're having so much fun building the life we're building. I'm traveling the world, hosting retreats, having a podcast, TV show, and it can be like, oh, good for you, girl, right? However, it hasn't been always this way. I grew up in a small city in Czech Republic, being physically and mentally abused, feeling unlovable, unworthy, which led into not only toxic relationship with men, but also with myself and my body. I developed eating disorder for two decades. Mm. And so, of course, I was in my masculine. Of course, it served me back then because I didn't feel safe. When I was 18, I ran away from home because my stepfather beat me up and I was just feeling so unsafe that I ran away from home and into the relationship that was very resembling to what I was experiencing from my stepfather, but even like worse and deeper. And I attempted for suicide when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to live. I was thinking like, if this is it, I don't want to live it because it was so much easier just to say, I'm done. Like, I don't matter. Like, who cares if I'm not here or not? Right. I got to that point. So now when I'm guiding women from their darkness, from their masculine into trusting themselves, to trusting their body, their intuition, their emotions, that's what is shut off when we are using only the masculine. Masculine, it's powerful. It's needed. It's beautiful because the healed, the sacred masculine, it's protector, it's provider, it's focus, it's stillness. It's like seeing, when I think about masculine, I see ocean, calm ocean. It's embracing, it's calm, it's there. And it's embracing all and everything. And when I think about feminine, I see beautiful river. It's alive, it's flowing, and it's nurturing everything around her. Everything, it's loving. So there has to be this beautiful blend, but up until almost when I was 30 years old, I only lived in the masculine and I was tired and burned out and sick physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. I was wondering because, you know, it, it, it's just amazing, you know, when you go through something and, and you didn't just go through one thing. I mean, you went through multiple things and with each hardship, it layers upon itself, you know, and it, and a lot of people wouldn't be where you are today. You know, like it would be very easy to fall victim to a lot of this stuff. And I was wondering, do you remember the turning point and when you turned it around and like how, what were some of the steps you did? Cause I think that's really important. And especially going from a masculine energy to a feminine flow. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and that's a beautiful question because I personally, when I listen to the podcast, when people share their inspiring stories, I was like, oh, that's cool. Good for you. Now you have it all. And I'm still sitting in my darkness here, right? To not say anywhere worse, but um, I'm still sitting in it. What do I do? How did you get there? So what I love sharing, it's how to overcome the gap from being in a darkness and feeling unlovable and unworthy because that's what it really is 
into feeling deserving and building abundant life. And abundant, it's not only money, that's a cherry on the top that gives us, you know, even more freedom, Mm -hmm. but it's abundance in relationship, in love, in connections. And so the gap truly was for me um, when I was around my 30s, you know, like 28, um, I feel that I was getting back into the darkness. Everything on the outside looked great. I was a fitness competitor. I look in a corporate job. I was married to a handsome guy that I knew for 16 years, you know, and everybody thought that we are like perfect couple. Well, that was all on the outside. On the inside, I was dying. On the inside, I was struggling with eating disorder. On the inside, I was struggling with sense of unworthiness and people pleasing. And my husband was narcissistic. And it was challenging because it made me feel crazy. Like yeah. I am, I am the one who is wrong. I'm the one who is making mistakes, you know. And um it was painful. And I was getting into that point. I'm like, oh. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live. And, but then I had, you know, you're older, you have more experience and, you know, um, more, I would say maybe wisdom, if we could even call it that way in that moment. Um, I think that it was like a survivor instinct that kicked in because I'm like, okay, if I don't change something, I know that the second time I wouldn't fail in the suicide attempt. Like I knew that. And so I'm like, something really has to change. So that was a decade ago. And decade ago, it wasn't as easy as it is now listening to podcasts, going on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, now we are more awake and it's easier to find the help and support that we need. Back then, I just like look at the YouTube, look at Google, how to overcome suicidal thoughts, how to feel happy, how to overcome eating disorder. And thankfully, I found Louise Hay. Mm. Lois Hay and her teaching about self-love and I remember I don't know if that was like the breaking point but it was a big aha moment for me and then I feel like in my life the things were like gradual right it wasn't yeah, of course like one and like everything it's like the lit up light but this one was a huge aha moment when I was looking on YouTube for like how to overcome like self-sabotage and inner critic and all these things. And I found her video where she was sharing about her technique, the mirror, right? Like the mirror work, go to the mirror and say, I love you. I didn't even get up from my computer because I didn't. I didn't even like myself. I hated myself. I hated my life and I hated and I felt so guilty and ashamed because on the outside, everything looked great. Yeah. Us as women, we suffer quietly. Mm, can I? I just want to say something about it. it's really interesting as I'm hearing just some of the things you were getting into. I think, like I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, there's a lot of times when things feel out of control to do things to make you feel in control. And, you know, like with the athleticism and the, and the eating disorder, and those are all ways to control the body to control, you know, because at, at the end of the day, that's what, and I, I used to work with a, a lot of people who struggled with that as a therapist. And I, I think that's so awesome what you said about, you know, that moment where you knew that all those external things that you were trying to control had nothing to really do about feeling good. (laughs) I mean, because at the end of the day, you could do all these things and look a perfect way, but if you're not feeling it inside, there's this like incongruency. And so 
I think it's, it's, it is that letting go, isn't it? You know, and just really pulling in and saying, how can I give myself that self-validation that has nothing to do with all this other stuff? So yeah, like how did, how did you move? How did you leap then from there? I love it. And I feel like, again, I feel like it was like a, a progress, right? It was yeah. the most important thing for me was, um, change the way. I didn't know how to change the way I feel. It's all about how we feel, but I didn't yes. know how to do that. I was depressed. I didn't know how to change that. So the first thing was changing how I think. Mm. That can be a little bit easier than changing how you feel when you're feeling depressed and, and desperate, right? But changing how you think, because very often it's our inner critic the monkey mind that is telling us, right? You're not enough. You're silly. What do you, who do you think you are, right? And all these things. So instead of listening to my inner critic, I started to listen to other mentors like Louise Hayes, like Dr. Wayne Dyer, like Tony Robbins, like Les Brown, Joe Dispenza, all these people. Mm -hmm. So I was literally brainwashing myself. I didn't want to think negatively. I didn't want to think about how unworthy I am and that I shouldn't be here. So I started to listen to someone who would give me a hope. So if you don't know how to shift and get out of that feeling of heaviness, frustration, anger, or, or like depression, you get to start rewriting how you're thinking. Because when you change how you think, that it will change also how you feel. I the feelings are more powerful, but sometimes we don't know how to tap into that. So tap yeah. into your mind and start rewriting that. So I started to do that. And I started to do exercises on really looking into my beliefs because mm -hmm. these things kept coming up. You're not enough. You're not, you know, like lean enough, strong enough. You're not, you know, rich enough. You, you know, you're not smart enough, all these things. And so all these that kept coming up, I start writing them down. I wrote them down and then I ask myself, when is the first time that I started to think that? When is the first time when I started to believe that I'm not enough? And I started going back. I'm like, oh, my father told me this and that. Oh, this happened in a school, right? So you start noticing the patterns. So first is, what are the thoughts that are coming up for you then? When did I hear it or felt it the first time? What can I remember? And you can usually go deeper, but even if the first memory, and then you get to ask yourself, is that still truth? Is that still truth right now? Some of our beliefs are still serving us, right? Because it helps us to be safe or protected. You know, like I don't go at night on a walk with my dog and I live in a safe, you know, place in, in Las Vegas, like beautiful mm -hmm. area of Summerlin, but I don't do that. You know, so some things just kept me safe, but then there are others that I don't need anymore. So if it's not really truth, the last step is what is my truth right now? That's how you start rewriting those limiting beliefs because you start negotiate with them because mm -hmm. what happens, Kim, what I notice with myself and with my clients, women who come to me, they're feeling stuck. They're feeling that they're meant for more. They don't know what that more is. And so when you can look at the core beliefs and start writing them, it will give you freedom. 
And that's where you get to start, no matter where you are, because you know it, we all been through it. It doesn't matter how successful, fulfilled, and happy you are. There will come a different limiting beliefs. In the past, I thought that like, oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing if I do $5,000 a month, you know, like stepping mm. to the money. Mm-hmm. I would be like, oh my God, my goal, I want to do $5,000 on continuous basis. And then I did, you know, like... 10, then I did 15, then I did 30. And it's like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing, right? So it's like the beliefs that we had before are still keeping us there unless we negotiated it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we try to ignore things, but I don't know, like, I don't know if you have kids, Kim, but imagine kid in a store that wants something Mm -hmm. who is starting to yell and scream and like, you know, like throwing penta tantrum, tant- whatever you oh, call it. Oh, I knew it. it well. I have two kids that I grew up with. Yes. Go on. <laughs> so like they will start screaming louder and louder and louder. Right? right. It happens even with the best educated kids. Sometimes they just have a switch and it's like, no, I want it. And that's what happens with our beliefs. You try to ignore them, good luck. They will come even stronger, even louder. You cannot ignore them. You can renegotiate them. You can thank them. Thank you so much for keeping me safe. This is my new belief right now. Thank you. Releasing, surrendering, instead of ignoring or fighting or pushing. You know how hard it is? Yeah, I really, I really like that what you're saying, because, you know, it's, it's similar to what I do. And I, I don't know if you know this, but I call myself a strategist now more than a coach or a therapist these days, because I truly believe it does take those strategies to break habits because you do just develop these habits. And that also then interacts with who you attract. So as you change yourself, you also start seeing the differences in like the people, the money, the love, like everything else kind of falls into place. And to me, that's the empowerment. And, and I wanted to know, because going back to this whole notion of the feminine flow, because it sounds like once you took some of these steps, you started receiving more and being in that feminine, like, how do you define feminine flow and what was happening to you and what you teach? Absolutely. So like I mentioned, most of my life, I was in my masculine when I was just like fighting, pushing, hustling, working oh. hard, providing, right? And I was physically burned out. I was tired. I was so tired, you know. And I just, like, my body forced me. Like, you got to slow down. Mm -hmm. And that's the moment when I started to reconnecting with my body. When I gave myself permission to go to nature and reconnect. Like, the feminine, it's so beautiful when you can go to nature. When you can go barefoot. When you can, like you were sharing about your client, go and be playful go and play, create a joy, create a sense of being present to who you are. So for me, it was softening. Mm -hmm. It was softening and slowly opening my heart. My heart was closed. I built a wall because I didn't feel safe. And I was thinking like, the more I love, the more I hurt, I will get. And that's not true. We think that we build a wall so we don't get hurt, but then we are hurting ourselves from the inside. (laughs) Like you're behind the wall and you're hurting yourself instead of allowing the people and love in. So for me, it started with softening, going to nature, starting to listening, uh, you know, like nurturing music, taking baths, showers, buying myself flowers, 
um, and not mm. see my feminine as just sexual, you know, because that's what I thought. Like if I'm feminine, like men will just want me and not see me for me. So I completely understand your client because when I'm strong one, like they will value me, they will respect me. But that, then they will respect me like their bodies and go sleep somewhere else because most of my men cheated on me, you know, mm. because I wasn't in my feminine. I didn't give them the sense that I want to be protected, that I want to be provided for. I was stepping onto the same level with their masculine. So like, oh, she doesn't need me. Where is a woman who need me? I'm here to save women, you know? So it's like the instinct. That is a really good distinction. I want to, I, I, I got to highlight that because I think there's a lot of people who have, a, there's a confusion around having sex and being feminine. Um, there was a client actually recently that I worked with and she didn't understand like how to like catch them and keep them kind of thing because she said one of two things happen. Either she would have to have sex with them right away for them to even like her. This is in her mind, of course. Or she would completely shut that down and then get caught in the friend zone, right? So it was it was all or nothing, you know? And so she didn't understand that whole like energy of being feminine and letting the guys earn you and being receptive to that. And so it is like what you're describing is so true. You know, sometimes like the pendulum effect, right? Like we're over here one way and then we swing to the other side and that's not good either. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where can you find that middle ground so you can dance and flow in your feminine and still be respected at the same time? Mm -hmm. I love that, you know, so much. It resonates with me so wholeheartedly because I shared with you that I truly believe that it gets to be the balance because I've been on yeah. the both spectrum. I was too masculine and then too feminine, you know, <laughs> too much. And so it's really like marrying those two. And, and that's exactly what I do in my business too. Mm. I support women in finding their feminine flow so they can start trusting their intuition, their emotions, being guided by their bodies. But then I give them strategies and exact steps so they can have a clarity because the woman who comes to me, they want to be helping other women. That's the woman I work with. I work with, you know, like lawyers, doctors, I have therapists, I have Reiki masters, healers, but all the women that come to me, they want to help others always. So you get to marry those two, because if you're only in your feminine, that is beautiful, but then you're not impacting the world and making a difference. That's what we need right now. We need women who are loving themselves and being aligned with their purpose so they can be helping other people. That's what we need right now. Mm -hmm. All we need is love. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so true though. I, I would love to hear a little more about like how you help women and like what kinds of things do you teach them to help them, you know, get over some of that, you know, control and masculinity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those are beautiful, beautiful questions. So I feel like with each of my clients is going to be a little bit different depending on where they're coming from. Many of them, you know, as you share with my bio, um, they come from either 
you know, trauma in the past or toxic relationship. And sometimes they mm. might think that their, um, you know, upgrowing, like upbringing was amazing and they didn't have any trauma. So I should be happy. But then there are stories that they have created about their parents and, you know, their experiences. So what I do, I really focus first on shedding the light into the past because women who come to me, they're like, I want to build a business or I want to find a man of my dream. I want to like feel like happy and, and, you know, fulfilled and abundant. Like they come here and they're like, I want more money. I want more clients. I want a relationship. How do I do it? Get me there. But I can't, I cannot take her from where she is and take her there unless we shed the light on the past. So I help them to shed the light on the past and heal the past wounds, work through them so she can become who she meant to become and be really present in who she really is and step into her power. Then we can create that. Then we can call in the man. Then we can call in the money. Then she can build the business because she's aligned with who she really is. And I do that through different techniques. You know, I'm, I'm, um, certified master NLP practitioner, Qigong, meditation, hypnosis. I just became certified in breathwork teaching, which is mind-blowing. I'm still grasping my like hands around it because it's crazy how impactful is that. But all of that, it's really releasing past traumas. And then we step into who she really came here to be. And then we build the future. Then we can bring in the dream life, not before. So I do it in one-on-one coaching. I host retreats. We did Bali. We're doing Costa Rica in December. I just hosted last weekend um, a retreat here in Las Vegas, Abundantly Aligned. So I love seeing women coming to life. That is awesome. I love that you have that background in breath work. You know, it, it's it's something that's so simple yet so hard, I think, for a lot of people because, again, it has that feeling of not being in control and like, you know, and also having to release, you know, so is there like a breath exercise that women can do like even right here that you could demonstrate? Um, is this only video or is it audio, uh, only audio or is it also video? Oh, if people want to see it, they can go to YouTube and, and watch okay, it perfect. too. Yeah. I can show like super quick, like one minute exercise. Okay. But like you said with the breath work, one thing that I do want to invite you to, to look at, you're in control with your breath. You there are you in go. control because the thing is like, imagine if you go, for example, on ceremony and you do maybe ayahuasca or mushrooms, you know, many people do a sacred ceremonies. You're mm-hmm. not in control. Like once you start a journey, you're on the journey. It's like, okay, I'm right. done. You can't. You're on the journey with the breath. You're always in control. It's your breath. It's your body. You're guided. So breath, it's so underestimated. Kim, I was blown away. Like, I teach meditations, I do hypnosis, I do NLP, I do one-on-one energy healing, you know. I never experienced anything like breath work, ever. I was, mm. my my beloved grandma, she passed a couple of months ago, and I love her to life. She was my everything. And I was still grieving and healing through it. And I was able to connect with her and through the breath work, see her and talk to her. I was able in my breathwork session this weekend to see steps in my business. Like everything clicked because when you breathe, you clear out. And yeah, it's it's heavy to release the emotions. What's heavier is having it in your body. Imagine the junk we keep in our bodies. 
that's, and, and that's the reframe that I want people to get is that most people feel like out of control because they're worried about what it'll be like to release some of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that feels out of control. But what I like what you said is that imagine that breath work is used to be in control mm-hmm. of some of that. And so it's a beautiful reframe. Okay. So, so let's do it. Let's, let's do it. What do you do? Let's do a quick one. So first okay. one that many people do know, and you can do anywhere, you know, uh-huh. you don't have to even stand up. I did it in a car. I did it in a bathroom. It's called box breathing, which is oh. taking a four deep breaths in hold for two and uh, four breaths out so we can just do it together okay so breathing in through your nose and counting till four hold for two and breathe out for four breathing in hold breathe out breathing in Two, breathing out. Last one. One, two, three, four. Hold. Two, one, breathe out. One, two, three, four. Super easy. And you feel more clear, more grounded. Another one that it's, um, that's why I was asking and I was looking behind me because my office became a guest room, but I want to show you real quick. Let me just move this here. You will still be able to hear me. Uh So the, another one, it's super powerful. It's only for one minute. So the first thing you will do, you will stand up, put your hand like this, like a T and go into it. That's why it's called bowl. You go back here and through your mouth. Oh yeah. I've seen this one. Yes. 30 seconds. And you go, you do that for 30 seconds. And then you go like this, like when you do like yoga with your right. head down like this. And again, 30 seconds through your mouth. And then you just stay open just to integrate, just to like stay grounded. It's amazing. One minute exercise. Oh One my minute. God. And I have to say, like, I can't believe you just did that and still looked super feminine and sexy at the same time. <laughs> Not any, everyone can pull that off. No, I'm just kidding. And you Thank know, the, you. the thing, no, you did. And the thing that's really great about those things, a lot of my clients get really nervous before dates or if they're going to a social event, like this is a great exercise to help One minute in their body. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, because the, the sessions that we, we do with, with, you know, like for breath work that uh, we are guiding the session, it's like two hours, you don't breathe for two hours, but the sessions can last up till uh, two hours because wow, the breath that we are doing, it's two breaths in, one breath out. And mm-hmm. that's the most powerful, like really emotional releasing. Yeah. But that one usually lasts between 27 to 32 minutes. So 27 to 32 minutes of that braiding, you know, and it's guided, like it's, it's guided, you're supported. We can do it through the zoom. And I personally love everything in person because that's how you can really hold the space and and create breakthroughs. But this is something that anyone can do. Uh, One thing that I started to do now, just recently, it's, I do five minutes of this breath work, like two Mm -hmm. breaths in, I'll show you real quick. So it's like, 
here, okay? Two mm -hmm. breaths in, so it's... <sighs> oh, I see. You're using your diaphragm differently. Yes, like yes. That. So one breath in your... Like 80% of the, the breath will be in your belly because we are not used to breathe through our belly. If I tell you right now, take a deep mm -hmm. breath through your mouth... 80% of the people will breathe into their chest and chest. the belly will stay down, right? We're not breathing correctly. We are breathing reverse. Look at little oh. babies. They're breathing through their belly. Yes. And that's where a lot of anxiety sits is the chest area. So when people have panic attacks, they feel it up here. So that's why it's good mm -hmm. to like, you know, bring mm -hmm. it down. Well, yeah. this has been so awesome. I know like I was looking at the time, like, oh my God, I could still like sit here and do more breath work with you. But um you I can would do one on one session with me. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone who wants to do a one on one session, please like let everyone know how they can find you, anything else that you want to promote. Absolutely. So um, you can find me on Instagram. That's like my favorite place to like hang out. That's where I do all my like stories and everything. So it's just my name, Petya Kolobova. And I know Kim will put it in a, um, in a show notes because yes, my last name, it's kind of fun to spell Kolobova. People don't even know how to pronounce it. So I that's get why it. I had you do it, not me. <laughs> So that's my favorite place than the Unapologetically Abundant podcast, you know, that's, and then I have a free group for women called Unapologetically Abundant Women, where I do my free trainings, invite guest speakers, you know, and it's just so much fun. So I would love to connect with you there, you know. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I mean, most of all, too, just sharing your story. I mean, it's really inspiring. And I know people listening are really going to get motivated because, you know, so it, you're in a prime example of, you know, someone who came out of a lot of things that were really tough. And not only are you amazing, but you, you know, just teaching other people mm -hmm. to get out of their situation and have an abundant life. So thanks again. Thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate you and I absolutely love your work. I, I told you right at the beginning, all we need is more love. So please, right. please keep teaching women how to love themselves and how to allow love in their life. It's having love, it's everything truly, but being the love, it's even mm. more. Mm. That, and, and it's like, and scene. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, thanks again. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, as always, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com, if you want more information. And if you are looking to embrace your feminine side and you are listening to this podcast and you say, oh my gosh, I have no idea where to start, there are two things you can do right now to empower yourself. First, you can sign up for a free coaching session. If you want to strategize how to feel feminine so that dating becomes fun and effortless, just click on the link you see in the show notes to book your time. Second, and I'm super excited about this, inquire about my exclusive six-week class coming up called Get Your Sexy Back. This is going to be fun, interactive, and it's going to teach you how to look and feel attractive, desirable, and feminine so that you capture a man's interest no matter who you are with and where you go. If you are 
interested, just go to askkimmy.com and I will give you more information around that. And remember, it starts with you and working on yourself is working on your love life. That's all for now.